0: In Watford's talent, Raw
1: Live.
2: And tonight we're celebrating not just the music, the new music scene that we play all the time on the programme, but someone who's really important to the music that we play behind the scenes. Tonight I'm joined by Lauren Deacon-Davis, a young producer extraordinaire from Hertfordshire. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. I know you've been on the show a few times before with other artists, but tonight it's all about you.
3: (laughs) Thank you. So I'm going to
2: get to sort of discover what it's like to be a producer and and dive into the music that you've worked on that we often play on the show but we don't know sort of what the work that you have put in behind the scenes. When did you first discover music? Were you always around music growing up?
3: Well um, I was in a band when I was about 11 um, and I was in this like little rock band there were like five of us and um, I, I wrote the songs for that and I really really enjoyed doing doing that sort of thing um, and and I don't really know what it's like not to be in a band. I've been in a band for the past decade, or, like, various bands for the past decade, which sounds ridiculous, because that's just ten years, what? So I got into doing it that, and then I joined another band and another band. I didn't realise until relatively recently, which is quite weird, but my dad was actually a record producer for EMI, um, which maybe influences me a tiny bit, but I don't remember that at all. I have, like, this funny picture of when I was a kid, and it's me in the studio with headphones on, I was, like, four or something like that, but... I definitely got into it through doing my own music and then just loving being in the studio and recording was kind of how I did it, really.
2: Did you grow up as well having a lot of... I mean, I don't know what era you were. I'm guessing you missed the cassette era. So did you grow up buying a lot of singles and playing CDs all the time as well?
3: Well, the thing that was quite weird was I didn't like listening to other people's music. I only listened to music I wrote, which sounds a bit weird, but, like, I yeah until so the band that I was in obviously they all listened to music and they were all really cool they were all boys and they all listened to like rock music and um but that was that was like Slipknot, Bullet for My Valentine like all of that kind of stuff or like Billy Talent like it's all quite like rocky stuff um and I loved it and that was the sort of genre we, we were doing and then like Red Hot Chili Peppers and style like that and then ended up getting to sort of the indie bands like Razor Light and the Fratellis and stuff like that and I really really liked that style I think that influences my guitar playing quite a lot that sort of like indie playing like that but yeah I didn't I didn't listen to music and then I got iTunes like everyone does and then I actually bought music off iTunes and then only when I got a car I bought CDs because I didn't see the point in buying them, I didn't have a CD player, I just plugged my iPod in but yeah, that's the, the that's the sort of music I listened to when I was like between the ages of like twelve and fifteen.
2: And like um, many producers, you are a musician in your own right. How you've been playing instruments for quite a few years. How old were you when you picked up your first musical instrument?
3: Well, there were so many guitars around the house because my dad played guitar and he played keyboard and various things like that. So I was playing his guitar quite a lot. And then when I was eleven or ten, in fact, um, he bought me my first electric guitar, which was a little mini like stratocaster and it just it was, it was really really cool and that's what got me into like playing it more consistently i hated guitar lessons like i hated them again it came around to the whole thing of i only liked playing my own music so like being taught to have to play someone else's and then not immediately getting it i was like no i don't like it like kind of thing but um yeah i was like 10 when i started playing
2: when did you start moving and make the progression from being a musician and an artist to the production when did you discover sort of the technology that was behind music
3: well I think I was really fortunate because the bands that I were in that they were getting enough momentum that we got to go to like amazing studios so when I was like 16 I was recording like metropolis studios and the universal studios and things like that and that really that solidified it but the point before that was I was busking with a couple of the band members in Hartford and typical like I don't know the like most iconic thing of like this guy walks up to us and says, "We really like your music. Do you want to come record at the studio?" Hands us a business card, um, and then we ended up contacting, going to that studio, which is the Cream Room in Dane End. I don't, which is actually where some of the stuff that we're playing is recorded. And that was when I was, like, 16. And now it's come around to that I'm now hired there as a producer. So it's quite funny going from, like, being an artist, like, just a guitarist in a band to then working at that studio. So That's amazing. I didn't
2: realise that those stories actually existed. I thought they were just, like, the things you dream of. Like, when you're doing a gig, oh, maybe it'll be worthwhile because someone might discover us here. But it
3: actually happens. (laughs) It did actually happen. Like, it, it really gave me, and Martin took such a, like, chance on me for getting me in on this project and I mean like who gets like it's a proper studio who gets just a 17 year old that's heard play a couple of songs write a couple of songs to come in on a project and produce like an album like that's so amazing and that genuinely has it just made me know that I was like competent enough to do it other than because I've done loads of stuff before but it was all in my home studio so but yeah so that was really really amazing of him so thank you martin
2: (laughs) when you left school you're in sort of that limbo of you knew what you wanted to do but it wasn't really the right time to get there as a musician because you were working with other artists who had other plans because that is a difficult time because especially as a band someone will say i'm actually going to go to university for a few years and then you're like oh i was going to focus on the music so what happened during that time That kept you going.
3: Well, I think it was a bit of a difficult time. I think I was the last year that you could leave at sixteen. So, in the band that I was in, we did a first year of A levels, and then it was picking up so much momentum that we were all like, "Right, let's leave." Like, it just makes sense. We'll get a record deal. Like, you know, it's it's all set up. We're going to do that. And then after a couple of, I think it was maybe a month after we left, or like a month into September, all the other band members went to college, and I was like, "Oh, right. I have like half an A level." And I don't want to go back into education because I really didn't enjoy it. I'm like quite heavily dyslexic as well. So I just, the school system was not fun. Um, yeah and then I just yeah I just remember sitting I'm really lucky because I said as an engineer so he's like built this thing at the bottom of the garden but it was just meant for parties but I was just sitting in there on a beanbag with my laptop and I had my little ukulele and I was like well if I can't with the band like why don't I just sort of record some music so then I just recorded literally through the laptop speaker like just recorded this song and I was like I love this like this is so much fun and at that point I guess it's like one of those things out of necessity like you end up discovering something else and from that point I was like yes I love recording and I just experimented so much and then (laughs) I did that I did a thing it almost feel like a game because um, it's like you buy so you've got the gear and then you charge your services or like you you do it using the gear and then you use that money again to then buy new, new gear and then you upgrade and upgrade and upgrade until I've got to the point now when I'll always be upgrading but it's so nice to be able to reinvest the money that I'm earning back into what I'm doing. That's mm. that.
2: When did you feel confident then to start charging for your work that you were doing?
3: Oh God, like, I don't, I still, I still struggle doing it now. Like, even though it's my job, you just, I, I feel like there's quite a lot of stigma around being a musician that you, I don't know, people kind of think like you're lucky if you get to perform or you're lucky. So I, I don't know, but, but production is a bit different, but I think my mum quite heavily influenced um charging for things like that she was like it's really good like we should charge it and she, as the ambition person ambitious person she used to set up folk stock records um and then i'd recorded an artist called helen chin which i've not seen in ages i appreciate to see her but that was the first ep i did i did that for free but then my first real ep was kelly oliver's first one um and my mum like really encouraged me do that because kelly won like this competition to record with me um and then obviously that's worked out pretty well um so i think from that point onwards and then i had like two solid things that i could show to people be like i do know what i'm doing kind of thing and then it's sort of improved from there but yeah i don't know i'm so, so different from the year last year and then so different from the year before that like just constantly improving so
2: And Kelly Oliver is a singer-songwriter from Stevenage originally, who um, Folkstock has taken under their wing and really, really supported. I'm guessing when artists progress, because she's just recorded her second album, Bedlam, which has just come out, which you've worked on as well. So I'm guessing you've played a part in her journey the same as she's played a part in your journey as a producer.
3: Definitely, definitely. It's been so good. It's like me, Mum and Kelly have created this little thing from from Kelly being the product or whatever, like, and, and it's just helped everyone. And then when every, when each one of us gets success, it then helps the other people around and the other people that get success. So it's just like a massive network. And it, I just think that's just the way to go. It's so great when you can help other people give other people opportunities. And that, I guess, is the root core of what Kelly's first EP was. And then that applies for everyone else's EP and album and things like that. It's all just a supportive network, really. So
2: let's hear a song then that you've produced and worked on with Kelly Oliver as one of the the first EPs that you worked on. Which song would you pick? Of all the ones you've worked on with her, which one would you pick to play tonight?
3: I think I'd pick Diamond Girl because that was my first ever Radio 2 play, like, of a song I produced. I think I was, like, the youngest female producer to ever have a track recorded on Radio 2. So for me, I'd personally pick Diamond Girl and I really like that one. It's featuring Luke Jackson.
2: Brilliant. Well, let's get it on Raw Five tonight. It's Kelly Oliver and Diamond Girl. She was his diamond girl, she was
4: his precious love.
2: Oliver and Diamond Girl produced by Lauren Deacon Davis who is my guest tonight and so that was one of your most treasured songs that had a a big national radio play for you what was that moment like could you believe that something you'd worked on was being played and listened to by that many people
3: I think that was quite a pivotal point in my ability to believe in what I'm doing because I think when you get recognition from a platform like that it's like oh I'm not completely rubbish like at least somebody thinks this is high enough quality from an external thing rather than someone in your family or like your friend or something like that so personally I was like wow maybe I can actually do this and I'm not bad at it or like not terrible at it so that genuinely changed a lot and then it was quite funny because when you get one radio to play or when you get something big like that all of the other stuff starts coming in like quite kind of like a domino effect so shortly after that I then got um my second radio to play which was a song called Mississippi Woman by Maz O'Connor which actually came out on International Women's Day and I remember listening to it because I was helping my stepdad out on a job um like painting basically because <laughs> musicians just not have money um and uh we were all sitting around listening to the radio. It was like this song came on in the morning and it was just like, oh, that's really cool, like, doing that. So that that was my second radio to play. And, that, yeah, that's Mississippi Woman. That's O'Connor.
5: Did you ever hear the tale of the Mississippi woman? She was washing her clothes in the waters one day When the angel of the Lord came down and said... There's going to be some changes round here, and he washed all her clothes away. There's comfort in soft bare skin, warmth in the sun, but the tale of the Mississippi woman wasn't told by any. She made clothes from the rushes And a bed down by the willow And when darkness came The river bank made for her a pillow Then the angel of the Lord came down and said Now you are free And she said Lord make a man out of me Lord make a man out of me Then Comfort in soft bare skin, warmth in the sun But the tale of the Mississippi woman wasn't told by anyone Take of my golden hair, take of my fingernails Make something strong from something flowing, something frail then the angel of the Lord came down and he took a her golden hair And where there were only willows, now a man was standing there Oh, there's comfort in soft skin, warmth in the sun But the tale of the Mississippi woman wasn't told by What is this river here what is this naked shame where is my maker and won't he tell to me my name well the angel of the lord now being nowhere to be seen she said i am your maker and now you'll abide with me and we'll make clothes from the rushes and a bed down by the willow and the side from which you came, my love, will serve you as a pillow. Now there's comfort in soft bear-skin, warmth in the sun, but the tale of the Mississippi woman wasn't told by down to the river and if you see a willow there you may see some worn out clothes with threads like golden hair and you may hear a whispering like the calling of the wind telling a story still unfolding of a day soon to begin when there's comfort in soft bear skin, warmth in the rain, and the tale of the Mississippi woman will be heard there once again. When there's comfort in soft bear skin, warmth in the rain, and the tale of the Mississippi woman will be heard there once again.
0: left right we can follow our own stars we can take a left right left right left right you can keep your secrets hidden safe beneath your flaws the truth will come rushing up and out before we're sure i won't keep this recklessness inside You can choose our colors for this ride. I'll fall into your
1: arms. I can take
0: a left, right, left, right, left, right. We can follow our own stars. We can take a left, right, left, right, left, right. I'll fall into your arms. I can take a left, right, left, right, left, right. We can follow our own stars. We can take a left, right, left, right. I hope this comes, this guides me through. I hope this comes, this guides me through.
2: miri and compass on raw vibes produced by lauren deacon davis who joins me tonight on raw vibes a producer responsible for working on so many of the tracks and songs we play on the show do you find that as a young producer that initially people don't sort of give you the credit that you deserve
3: i think people have lower expectations um which is kind of a nice place to be in because if you do know what you're doing and people have low expectations, it's a lot easier to, you know, improve them and then they kind of go away thinking like, oh, but definitely think there's some stigma around it because most people my age are just runners or like patch panel people. They don't don't actually run whole production sessions or run a whole album plan or anything like that. So I think it is a bit of an unusual position that I was lucky to be in because I left school and then pursued doing it so I've had those years of experience that you do get in uni but definitely not in the same way. You don't have the people experience it's so... you have such good technical experience but you're just in a bubble. Maybe I'm in a bubble in a different way but...
2: I guess also it's quite unusual to have a young female producer.
3: Yeah, I think that um I think the pro- the thing is it's not that people don't think I can do it, they're just not used to seeing it. You just... how how many famous female record producers can you name? Like... I can I can list like easily five like Max Martin, Brian Tedder, like all of that stuff. It's like maybe like Linda Perry is like the f- female record producer. Maybe I'm just haven't looked it up enough, but I do feel that's something I'm very interested in. So I think it's people don't know. I have had experiences before where I'm like sitting at the desk in the big chair in front of the mix session, and everything like that, and then one of the guys in the session have come up to me and giving me their tea order, and I'm like no, I'm running the session. I'm, like, recording it. I'm not the assistant in the session before. And It's just, like, it's just like, oh, that's really awkward. But, again, it's not necessarily them being sexist or anything. It's just you're just not used to seeing a young woman leading a production session in a studio. So, like, yeah, I think that's sort of the issue. And I think that's changing. I think it's great to see more and more people getting into it as more it's accessible, more accessible, especially, like, Emma McGrath is, like, doing loads of production stuff as well and like just a lot of the new artists and seeing like katie ray is also doing production on her stuff and things like that so i think that's just really awesome to see because it's so much fun and it gives you more cre- like freedom for creativity as an artist so
2: is it a lot easier because we've got so much technology we've got you know editing software at our fingertips now is that why it's easier for people to pick it up at a young age
3: definitely i think before if you wanted to get into production this maybe is more like 10 years ago and um, whatever you'd have to be like okay this is what i want to do i have to go out of my way to contact a studio to get an in internship to work your way slowly up through the ranks and i feel like if you are not used to seeing role models or it's not something you're encouraged to do you're a lot less likely to go out of your way to do it so i feel like now with you just being able to like nobody you know nobody knows you're doing it you could just have garage band when you get a mac like you know and just try out stuff if you if you have a guitar so you know it doesn't have to yeah it's a lot easier and I think then people are like oh this is you know I can do this too and there's no reason why I shouldn't and then I don't even personally it didn't even factor in that I was a woman doing production until more recently when everyone's like you're a female record producer but that might be because more people know about me now than they did back then but I never ever thought of it as a different thing when I was doing it I just thought I'm a record producer but now I'm seeing a lot more like there needs to be a lot more awareness about it but I just think it's interesting. I think that's a lot of a lot of what's happening now is the girls who are doing record production aren't like I'm a girl doing record production. I'm just a record producer, <laughs> like <laughs> which I think is nice. It's really
2: exciting and lucky for you to have the space to have built your own home studio, which you were saying earlier it has taken time to build on as you've got more work. You've sort of reinvested that money into gear and equipment. Um, so what's it like having your own space to not only experiment but to produce? work worthy of national radio
3: play I think it's really cool it's funny because um I I used to spend all my time in there but now I'm doing a lot more session work I'm out of the house a lot more or I'm at different studios and things like that but it's like when I walk back into the den because it's called the den or whatever I I just I'm like ah, like this is this so much has happened in this room and I've got this little wall bit where I've got everyone to sign it so I've got like which is really, really nice and it's like um it's just like a, a physical memory of like everyone being in there. But it, it's quite funny because um when you go in there's a large mirror and it was because it was originally built for being a like party space, so it's got a bar at one end. Brilliant. Um that is now converted into my desk and like loads of storage. Um and it's got loads of big speakers and it's got a strobe and laser in it, which is just quite funny because it's like evolved over time. And then when I was doing a lot of band stuff, we put this huge mirror which is the whole length of the wall up in there so that we could practice playing with ourselves. And then so then I put a back line in facing the mirror so that we could see. And then I was, like, I put my computer down there and I started setting up all of my stuff down there and then it turned into a studio. So it's, it's like, evolved and it's funny to see the old, like, elements or relics of, like, what the room used to be and it's still improving. So in the summer, um, we're clearing it all out and then we're building an extension because at the moment it's, like, a long rectangle but we're going to put another bit on so it's, like, an L shape so that I can have a proper live room because at the moment I record, like, in the same space which I actually think works quite well because it means that... You can talk to the artist quite easily like, and just do it rather than when you've got a glass wall between you, it's sometimes a bit like, I, I don't know, sometimes disconnects a bit from what's happening. So I, I, I kind of like it. But for sound quality, I think it will improve. But obviously you don't, you don't, I can get away with it in the studio. No one's been like, that's a terrible sounding room or anything like that. Or So that, that's fine. But I think it's just nice to know that you can improve and then there's, there's always another goal to go for.
2: We're also joined by Emma McGraw, one of our Raw Vibes favourites now, who Lauren has worked with on um, well, on many, many tracks that we love. What was the moment that you first heard her music and knew that it was something you wanted to work on?
3: I think as a producer, you end up having a lot of different roles and jobs and things like that. And one of the things I was doing was uh, doing the sound production for a radio show, um, and Emma got invited onto the show, and I was like, oh, okay, her, like, so like 15-year-old like, singer sort of thing. I My expectations were slightly lower because I hadn't properly heard her music beforehand. And obviously that was, like, an undersight. Um, so I kind of assumed... I had a very different expectation of what she was going to look like and be like. I kind of assumed she was going to do covers. Because how many 15-year-olds are, like, incredibly talented songwriters and performers? Thanks. Like, <laughs> um, So she... We started the interview and then got on really, really well. And then she performed the songs. And at that, that, like... Oh God! I think you performed the judgment first, maybe, mm. Excellent and track. I was just like, "Wow!" Within like, seconds, yeah, ge- genuinely away. within seconds. So that 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 was really cool. I think for him hearing it there, I was like, "Whoa!" And then Emma is really interested in record production.
2: And what's it been like for you working with Lauren as a producer? Then Emma,
6: it's good. I think that um, we get on really well. It's, it's good when you have an understanding of what each other does as well. It definitely helps. I think we work on more than just production, like we haven't haven't recorded much in a while, but we do songwriting together and stuff like that. Lauren um, no comes with me to a lot of my writing sessions, so they're like both for writing sessions, I guess. Um, and it's just really good.
2: Because you've also been primarily a solo artist, so I'm guessing having... Lauren's input as well has. Have you noticed a change in your music from sort of her influence, as not only a producer but a songwriter and a musician in her own right?
6: I think I I knew what, what style I wanted to do, but I guess she's helped me to like bring it to life a bit more because I like indie stuff, and you're just like totally good at producing indie stuff. <laughs> Thank you. So it's helped. It's it's helped bring it out a bit. Um, And I think we're just generally a really good team. And it also helps because we play live together as well. So you're just part of the band, which is even better (laughs) because you go to, like, band practices and you have the producer of the song there or not necessarily the producer, but someone that's worked on you with the song, like, even, like, before a studio session or something and then it's already know the song. And it's like, boom.
7: Is it the silence that scares you? Or is it the light? That you might come across if you just close your eyes And is it the truth that scares you or is it the lies That you keep telling yourself so that you'll feel fine Cause I just think there's something, something you're not feeling Cause you don't believe it yeah, I just think there's something, something you're not feeling, even though you know Is it for personal reasons or to please someone else? Cause you say that you don't care but I think you do And I've got a lot of feelings but I feel them more Cause it's bad to look for more I just think there's something, something you're not feeling cause you don't believe it Yeah, I just think there's something, something you're not feeling Even
2: Emma McGrath and sit with me on Raw Vibes produced by Lauren Deacon-Davis who is my guest tonight so when you're out and about I'm guessing a lot of people do want to come to you and work with you because um, of your producing talents but there must be times when you go and see gigs or discover artists and you think I really want to work with them Um, that happened with Lewis Bootle um, a songwriter from where? what was the moment that you first found his music?
3: I actually heard him on BBC Introducing and, and he was like Oh, I don't have anything recorded, but he'd just done a live song on it and it was like, Why haven't you got anything recorded? It's so good. Um, so we sorted out and we recorded it, and it, it was such a pleasant surprise because it's it, the, the, the dynamic is very different from when someone approaches you and says they want to work with you and when you approach someone to say you want to work with them. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just sort of the ballpark, pol- it's just a different ballpark really. But um, working with Lewis was such a pleasant surprise. It was really nice in that situation because often if someone wants to work with me they respect what I do, they know what I do, they know everything about me. But if I contact them, they don't know who and they don't know who I am, then why would they know who I am? Why would they? Like whatever. But Lewis came in with like a lot of admiration and respect for what I'd done. Like he had researched me and like wanted to work with me and everything like that. And it was such a creative process because he does a lot of looping and things like that. And so we were finding different ways to recreate the sounds, and he was like, "I don't want to use program sounds or things like that." So we redid all of the audio, like all of the percussive stuff, all of the sounds. We made it as organically as we could, and it was really nice, like working on on his stuff. And my, one of my favorite ones is "Do What I Need to Do" and James Taylor. And I can't actually decide which one I like more because I really like James Taylor. I think it's really cool.
2: What is it about Lewis's music and sort of style that you really, really love?
3: I think part of it was, um, it's quite lyrically refreshing. Um, he did he doesn't sing about relationships, which is like, yeah, it's, it, that isn't cliche. But I I think it's quite nice hearing him sing about other stuff. I also find Emma doesn't sing about relationships in the same way either. And I, I think it's really nice. It just, I don't know what it is, but I struggle listening to lyrics sometimes. And I think it's maybe because they're just so predictable. So it's it's really refreshing hearing that. I think actually with all of the songs that we've, played so far on the show they've all been quite different their their lyrical content is something that's a bit different and I think that might be something that I quite like working on is, is something different.
2: Working with so many different people do you find that you learn something new with every person that you work with?
3: Okay at the beginning of a session if it's someone new I'll go well, i make I make them do vocal warm-ups unless they really don't want to but and um, most people do like doing vocal warm-ups and everyone has their own one so at the beginning, you immediately trade vocal warm-up things. There's so many funny ones. But then, yeah, like, so I find that that's quite a good common ground because you just shared something and, and you've both learned something. But I definitely, like, everyone you record, you learn something new about. Like, you even if it's just a preference over how someone likes to be recorded or, like, just socially what is good or if they're like, oh, I actually use this mic technique on my guitar this because they might have gone to a different studio and then they've picked up a technique. I think that's really important.
2: I have a vocal warm-up for you that I wasn't sure whether you'd heard in the den before. It's called Chicken Tikka. Have you discovered this one? Not, no. no. Okay, do you want me to teach it to you? Because then you'll leave feeling like you've learned something. So it's Chicken Tikka, Mango Chutney and a pint of lager. Chicken Tikka, Mango Chutney and a pint of lager. You're welcome. You can take that to any artist you like. Obviously taking it up the octave as you go. You can see I don't do vocal warm-ups very often. Well, let's get a track on from Lewis Bootle then. You you named a few of your favourites, so which song are you going to play
3: tonight on Raw Vibes? We're going to play Do What I Need To Do by Lewis Bootle.
8: Stood by my parents for guidance as if they were blind see that if you're hiding from something inside you become subsided as a submarine disgust up my dreams couldn't have lived in a life in no subtlety i stood back took in a deep breath sucked in fresh air and now i feel fresh to stretch a leg and open up my chest and yes it's time to make a next step there's not enough time in this life to do what i need to do Clocking away all of my time, the rhythm and my rhymes. Not enough time in this life to do what I need to do. Clocking away all of my time. You ain't heard of me. I've been at university, it's burning me. I didn't even seem to get a first degree. Murder me urgently curtain please step on stage because that's what I deserve to be self-taught I wanted to go on tour don't need to pop on board a bloody concord for my export just a couple trips abroad that's enough reward for me to play some chords like it's not enough time in this life to do what I need to do clocking away all of my time the rhythm and my rhymes not enough time in this life to do what I need to do i away all oh, of my time The rhythm I'm at I sat down with my daddy Oh, he doesn't play the baddie though The challenge gains wisdom So I'm taking a panic slow However, you always need a backup A plan B The man sees the ways that it all can be Twisted in uncertainty, certainly I could waste my life Trying to flip over burger beef Oh, and I fear that Pulling pints I've lost my reflection in the beer tax It's not enough time in this life, but oh, I need to do clocking away all of my time, but oh, it's not enough time in this time. Do what I need to do, clocking away all of my time.
2: And do what I need to do on Raw Vibes. Yet another track produced by Lauren Deacon-Davis who is on the show tonight joining me here on Raw Vibes. So as well as producing so many artists, Lauren, it's becoming a bit more of a regular thing for you um, as a session musician as well. But to feature on these tracks, adding various parts, how else do you contribute to the to the music that you work on?
3: Um, I think it's, it's really exciting. The projects I've been working on recently have required... More on them. They people wanted more guitar, or wanted stuff, or heard what I can do, or my style on guitar, and they want that on their track. So, um, I did used to play acoustic guitar or little bits on on songs, but that was literally if like someone couldn't do it or I just had an idea that I quickly wanted to get down. But now it's sort of becoming more of a thing that people would record with me because they specifically like the the style of my production, which feels like quite a nice place to have got to. That people want to work with me because of my sound not just because I can do it um so that's a really nice place but yeah I'm another convenient thing that's happening is I'll record someone's EP or album or a song for them and because I might write the part for that I then I'll sing some harmonies on it uh, I will know the part to play live so I've been asked to go on a couple of tours with a few artists that I recorded the albums for or like EPs for um which is really, really fun, and I get to like play guitar and sing again, which is really nice.
2: And what's it like as well to see the music continue on its journey after it leaves the studio with you? You then get to take it out and be there for when the crowd give that first initial reaction.
3: Definitely. I think it's really awesome when you do it with songs that haven't... that weren't out before, that they haven't gigged before. Personally, I kind of think that an artist should gig a song a tiny bit before it gets put into the studio, because then you know what works and what doesn't but at the same time I, I a lot of artists who need to keep their music behind and stuff like that or have a specific release plan cannot perform that music before it's recorded so I recently have been working on this kind of side of people have to keep it under the wrap so it's been really nice yeah being at that initial thing but I think the other thing that I really enjoy is being through the whole process so I might not necessarily write the song, but I might be there in pre-production, work on the song with them or change up things and stuff like that, then record it, then produce it, mix it and then hand it on and then gig with them. And I just love still having that connection. I'd say I'm friends with almost everyone I've recorded. Like, and I think it's because it's just such an intimate experience being in the studio with someone. So yeah, I, I, I just really enjoy it. And yeah, it's nice being able to play guitar and sing on some of these tracks as well.
2: Have you missed being on stage and performing?
3: yes if I hadn't I would say yes but at the same time I haven't because i um, I've I've actually been gigging more recently because I'm not restricted to just one act or two acts or something I I'm I'm playing with Emma I'm playing with Minnie Birch I'm playing with Kelly Oliver I'm playing with Rhiannon uh, like I've played with Katie Ray and I might be playing with Roxanne Debastian. like so there's just quite a lot of of stuff that i'm like whoa i'm suddenly having to play loads more gigs and the other thing that's quite nice is in some occasions i've also written those parts so it's not like i'm just learning someone else's song it's like something i genuinely feel invested in so it's it it's been much funner. and also the difference between being a producer and sessioning for someone and being in a band is you don't have the same commitments you don't have to stick to various things in the same way you can be a lot more open and free about things which It's really, really nice, and obviously everything has pros and cons, but I, at the moment, am very much enjoying what I'm doing.
2: And we mentioned earlier about how everyone you work with, you learn other skills and, like, a skill swap, almost. Mm. I'm guessing being a session musician means that you meet a lot more people and get an understanding of how everyone else works on the road.
3: Oh, definitely. Like, a skill that I've had to get a lot better at, um, and I I feel like I'm relatively good at it now, is... Just listening to something and then just having to pick it up. I know that's what what such musicians do, but a lot of the people that I'm working with, you know, won't have the music written out or anything like that. It's more like, this is the chord progression, can you remember it, or write down the roots, which, to be honest, is the way I learn. I think I'd slightly struggle more if it was, like, rigid, like, tab or music written down, so really works but I definitely learn everyone has different styles.
2: Minnie Birch, songwriter and artist from Hemel Hempstead that you work with on a regular basis is about to go off on tour and you're going with her as, as part of the band this time?
3: Yes hopefully as many dates as I can. I've got um, a couple of everyone seems to be touring in May and April um, so I'm touring with like four people during that time but um, with every day I can I'm gonna try gig with Minnie because I am um, i worked on part of her album with her and i also recently produced a track called until the birds which i got to play guitar and sing on and we worked quite a lot on that one before we recorded it and i personally love it like i think it's so good it's it's one of those songs that you know you've got the production right when you've got as little instruments as possible but it sounds the biggest like because that's only got two guitars and a piano in it, and then the maximum point there's a three-part harmony. But like other than that, it's just like you could genuinely we genuinely recreate it live, and it sounds like the recording, and it sounds big. So it's just I yeah, I really enjoyed working on that track with her.
2: It sounds like the perfect Minnie Birch track to add to the show tonight. It's sort of a celebration of your work as a producer, Lauren. If I'm allowed to say that without adding too much jazz has to it, but that's the truth of it. It is um, looking back at the work that, that you've produced as a young female producer from Hertfordshire, which we love on Raw Vibes. So let's introduce
3: this track. This is Until the Birds" by Minnie Birch.
9: You come over When it is far too late To come over Because we are just friends You come over it's far too late to leave the road to find out But I am I see the road Me with a burning mm-hmm. torches, you're somewhere.
1: Minnie
2: Birch with Until the Birds on Raw Vibes, one of the many tracks produced by Lauren deacon Davis, who I'm in conversation with tonight. She's joining me just to share a bit of a selection of some of the work that she's been doing over the last few years. Now, you also played a massive part in producing work with Folkstock Records. Tell me about some of the albums you worked on there.
3: I worked on the F-Sport compilation album, which was the first compilation that we did, which featured quite a few artists that we've mentioned, but like... Some of them, that, yeah, some of them were Dario um, Zoe Wren, Marina Florence, Roxander Bastian, Kelly Oliver, Minnie Birch, Katie Ray, and also Ben Smith, which was quite a funny thing, because, um, like, earlier on, we were talking about guitar lessons. I maybe didn't like guitar lessons when I was younger, but when I was, like, 15, 16, I got an, a new guitar teacher, and that was Ben Smith. So, ironically, I've come from him teaching me guitar to me recording part like for his, a song of his for an album. So it's like quite a funny turnaround in in that situation. So you've worked with a
2: wide variety of artists as well, featuring on a compilation album like that, like those by Folkstock. It means you get to work with a lot of different sounds and artists and styles. What else do you get up to then? Because it's not just strictly in the studio producing stuff. Where else do you go out and share your talents?
3: I think um, uh, a particular thing that I do that combines live sound with recording sound so well is um, I'm the producer for Balcony TV.
2: So for anyone that hasn't heard of Balcony TV, tell us a little about a bit about what they do.
3: It's basically a live sessions thing, but it's called Balcony TV and it's called Music with a View and it's where you perform your songs on a balcony in an iconic place in London and I do the sound and we film it it's a one take interview thing and it? it's just to try and get some exposure for artists it's for it's for new artists but ones that are slightly more established but if you apply then I might look at your submission.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you have time to do everything because you also go to gigs as a night that you've got off. Yeah, just go in and enjoy it and discover music for yourself and just hang out with your friends and other musicians you've met along the way. But you've still got sometimes looking for new artists to work with yeah. and and you like to go out and discover them for yourselves but also it's nice if someone approaches you if anyone is interested in potentially finding out more about what you do or um sending stuff your way you're not like an x-factor judge that sort of has a massive or oh, britain's got talent you're not going to hit a massive buzzer with a cross no. um, you're nice and easy to approach if people want to find out more about you where can they find you
3: my website is just lauren dot and there you can contact me it's got my email my facebook my twitter like anything feel free to contact me on that i would just yeah i love hearing new music there's just something so special about someone sharing a song that's so personal to them that maybe they've only showed like two people and you're sitting there in a studio and they're showing it to you and you are like wow that feels really special so i really love hearing new music and finding new artists
2: well i thank you from us at raw vibes because we get to play a lot of the work that you've Produced on our show, so thank you for lifting everything to such a high quality. Please keep sending it our way. We've got time for one more song, and I know it's difficult because we've only had an hour to get in so many great <laughs> artists that you've worked with. But we let's go for something that you've you've had a played a part in writing on. Which track are you going to end on tonight?
3: I'm going to play "Spark" by Katie Ray. But the other slightly different factor about that is that I recorded it at a different studio, so that's the one where I were I was uh, running the session as well as co-writing with it, which I think is something that I'm doing a lot more of as well. So I think that's kind of like a nice place to end it. Um, There was an EP I did last year with, yeah, Katie Ray. This is a song called Spark. I'll be here under your blue
10: skies Going along with your simple eyes I know that it's wrong but I still carry on I'll wait for you to pass the red light When all we should be saying is good But I just can't quit. I want you more than a little bit. So take this flame, don't blow it out. Until. past and I hope I'm your love so I'll hold on to you